Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Pretty boy, Tony. It's Tuesday with Tony Cass on the Hammer and Nigel Show. Uh, don't want to keep Tony waiting. My name is Nigel. Tony Kennett filling in for Hammer. It's Tuesdays with Tony Katz hooking up live with TK. Tony, I, I don't know what the bigger story is in America right now. I'd like to get your take. And you've had some really interesting things to say earlier today about the southern border and the fentanyl coming through. I mean, is it the wide open porous border and the fentanyl and the drug ODs? Is it the auto unions? And this strike right now that going to have deep impacts on the American economy overall. What do you think? The, the biggest story in America? Yeah. Oh, God, that's a, that's loaded as hell, man. <laughs> that's um, why I asked Look, I, 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 I must admit I always argue that the border is the biggest story in, in America because it's a story that uh, politically the political left is desperate for you not to pay attention to and the political right hasn't done enough on. It is America's story. You will take a look at what's happening in New York, the, these toddlers dying at this daycare, which has mm. to do with fentanyl that has come in. More and more people dying of fentanyl. Of course it's coming from these people who have come across the border. We do nothing. You have Bill Malugan over at Fox reporting on record numbers of people coming through uh, the border. Over 21,000 people in custody at one time with, with Customs and, and Border Patrol. This is, without question, the biggest story in, in, in America. But Hunter getting indicted is is a big story. Uh, Ray Epps getting indicted for a misdemeanor is... Is a, is, a, is, a, is a big story. The United Auto Workers strike is a big story. We seem to be inundated with very, very large scale stories. A lot of things happening at once. And the truth is, there's always a lot of things happening at once. It's just a little bit of ebb and flow. But the thing when all this other stuff, all the dust settles, the thing that will still be there is the destruction of society that comes from a porous border and an unwillingness to actually secure it, which is certainly an all of the above approach. It needs a multi-piece strategy, but I really don't know how it isn't the border that affects all the other things. And you said destruction of society. It's not only you or Republicans or the GOP or the right wing saying it. It's Mayor Adams of New York City saying these people are destroying our city. And I don't know about you, when you get into the quote, these people, and then you start talking about specific people from the countries that are coming in, it's 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 not just us realizing it anymore. It's it's funny. I had asked and was discussing on the show. Do you feel that the country is is under invasion? And yes. um, the, the the answer is yes. And the invasion is coming from D.C. And it's, it was a really interesting take. Uh, this idea that our problem is what it is that Washington refuses to do. Washington will not do the work. It, the idea that we're under invasion from Washington, D.C. is about the total failure of all of them. 
to not recognize that we deserve protecting first. And people who believe in open borders need to be told to go to hell. And people who believe uh, that uh, we, we shouldn't put money towards X, Y, and Z have to be told to kiss off. And we have to change how we vote and who we vote for. And that also exists on the political right. I don't want to hear you talk about it. I want the thing done. But in order to do that, and again, I go back to this, and I'm getting very aggressive of this uh, on the show. I'm going to be having a whole border week uh, that, that we're doing. Strategy must be put into place. A wall is not the answer. That doesn't mean that the wall isn't part of an answer. And if comprehensive immigration reform is not an answer, it's a bullcrap talking point that makes people feel good because to the left, that means not having a border at all, which, of course, is not the answer. This is a multi-part conversation. It's going to involve multiple pieces. And yes, it's going to involve some people not being happy. But as long as the ACLU is not happy, rest assured, we're doing a good job. And man, when you see AOC getting heckled, when you see Nadler getting heckled by their constituents, like I always, like Mayor Adams to me is made good points, and I agree with him. This is destroying their city, this, this influx of migrants, but he never really points to Biden. He never really talks about what you just talked about, Tony, which is voting these people out. I heard this guy in Chicago at some town hall say, look, if you guys don't do something about this crisis, we're going to do something about this crisis, meaning like vigilante justice, which is okay, but they're not threatening the votes. And I think that's something that maybe uh, people need to concentrate a little bit more on. If if Eric Adams said this city is a sanctuary city and it was wrong to ever be one, we're no longer a sanctuary city, that might actually help. Yeah. Listening to his constituents might actually help who are out there and they're angry. You talk about uh, uh, Ocasio-Cortez being chastised and, and uh, Nadler. That should have been front page news. Of course, that should be more of a subject, more of a story. The people are disgusted, but these people are, cannot be trusted to vote for somebody else. If they had just voted for Lee Zeldin and not for mm. Kathy Hochul, yep. things could be better today. So New Yorkers have to be told to their face that they did this to them damn selves. Fix it. And that's just not true for New Yorkers. Every time we vote and say, oh, my yeah. gosh, we can't vote for those Republicans because abortion, abortion, abortion. With all due respect, if abortion is your top line subject, you're not serious about survival. Tuesdays with Tony Katz here on the Hammer and Nigel show. You've been covering, I know, the, the auto union strike here the past week, week and a half. Is there? Do you have, sense, uh, have a sense of who is right and who is wrong, or is it even about who is right and who is wrong and who's going to come out the winner and the loser in the end of this? And no, it, I, I, I don't ahead. think there is a, a, a conversation of right and wrong. The union wants more money, and uh, the companies want to figure out how they can pay as little as possible to get them there. This isn't about right and wrong. I do think that there that that there's a, a question that Americans have to ask about where they want cars built and whether or not they're willing to pay more for them. Mm. And then there's a question politically about why, the, how this drags on and people like Bernie Sanders are get involved and others because they want to grow 
unions. And so they see this as a political opportunity to say, see, unions, they really do the work. They really protect. Look at all the money they got. You should join a union. Imagine if you had a union where you worked and you see Randy Weingarten out there, the American Federation of Teachers. She's done closing schools. She's out there supporting (laughs) uh, the thing. You listen to right here in Indianapolis, uh, city county councilors like Allie Brown. They don't care that we're building a hotel. She doesn't care that we're building a, a hotel that creates jobs. It's about good union jobs. You listen to Joe Hogsett talking about why the city is getting involved in building a hotel beats the hell out of me. Good union jobs. They care about the union so they can get the dues and the dollars from a union that's beholden to them. They don't believe in the rights of the union rank and file. Just pay your money, shut up, and do what you're told. But on the, on the I think, the bigger scheme of the thing, like if we want manufacturing in the United States, we're going to have to pay more for a vehicle in the United States. But we already pay a lot for a vehicle in the U.S. And so there's, I think, a series of questions because the pressure may come from the American people uh, when this this strike really starts having economic impact across the country. Uh, Tony, one more thing on the national level. Then you you mentioned Joe Hogsett. I wanted to ask you about him, too. But the Fetterman dress code thing, the senator from Pennsylvania wearing flip-flops and shorts and hoodies into work every day and... Uh, Majority Leader Schumer changing the dress code. Is that like, is this anything as a Hammer Nigel segment is, or is this, is that on your radar at all? Yeah, well, we take a look at at that kind of rule and and the resetting of the dress code. Uh, It's called going hammer style. (laughs) It's that's what we've always called it here at WIBC. Yeah. Um, sure. I, honestly, honestly, I I will pay money for a Hammer to grow a John Fetterman mustache <laughs> for a night with WIBC. Oh, pay cash. Um, I think that the dress code change is disgusting, and I think that Chuck Schumer is a coward. Um, if we want to argue that John Fetterman has issues, which he does, and John Fetterman has yeah. depression, which I will believe, you don't change a dress code to make him feel better. That's not the way it works. Upholding a standard matters in the tough times. Otherwise, it's not a standard. It's just posturing bullcrap. We have a standard. There is a way to present yourself on the Senate floor and on the House floor. That is it. There is nothing else. I don't care that John John Fetterman is comfortable in a hoodie. I don't give a damn. (laughs) It doesn't work. It isn't acceptable. And he should be held to a standard. And when you hold yourself to a standard, you do actually feel better about yourself. Uh, There were news broke, I guess, breaking news. I I don't know if we consider this news at all that that, uh, Mayor Joe Hogsett is getting a divorce. Do you consider it newsworthy? And maybe your attitude changed just a tad after he released his, his statement about the divorce. I was going, I had, I had known about this and gotten some information uh, about this filing. Remember, it's his wife, Stephanie Hogsett, that filed. Um, I had really no comment to it. People get divorced, and I don't think that's the thing that I bring up. And then I read his statement which uh, states, like so many families in Indianapolis, the last few years have been trying in ways that neither of us, meaning his wife Stephanie and him, could have imagined, and the demands of life and public service have been felt not only by Steph and me, but by every member of our family. Our focus will remain on supporting our three children, and for their sake, we would simply request privacy and respect during these extraordinarily difficult times. Mm -hmm. That statement says that COVID 
put a strain on our marriage in combined with public life, and public life matters to me more than my marriage. Mm. That's what it says. Yeah. We're not going to debate here. I'll take on anybody in the Hogshead administration anytime. I discuss this on air. I'm happy to discuss it with you. Joe Hogshead is saying, even though public life and COVID ruined my marriage, the power is more important than the marriage is or was, so therefore I run for a third term. That's gross. That is something that yeah. the, the Indianapolis voters should be noting. He wants the power more than he wants his marriage. Not because I said so, but because he said so. And anybody in the Hogshead administration who wants to take me on on that subject, anybody in the Democratic Party, I'm in. I know you had his uh, opponent, GOP, running for mayor, Jefferson Sharif, on last week. I saw a commercial for Sharif over the weekend. It's the first time I've seen this particular commercial where he actually asks the question where Joe Hogsett was during the nights of the riots, Photoshop Joe, nowhere to be found. Is it too little too late? Do you think Jefferson Sharif believes that it's too little too late? Um, how do you see Sharif's campaign moving forward? Um, I, I know that there are people who took a look at that gun plan, uh, that quote unquote safety plan and said this is the most ridiculous thing ever. And, and, and it is. And it is. Uh, and um, if he's going to argue, as he did on my program, that he was listening to people, he didn't listen to enough people and he didn't listen enough to himself because he got bad advice, took bad advice, and he's suffering through that bad advice. Yeah. I would still argue he's a better choice for Indianapolis uh, than uh, – Joe Hogsett, for sure, uh, because uh, there uh, there are a fair amount of things that can be done with policing and with safety and with cleaning our streets, and his plan can't get through anyway. So it's really a, a kind of fool's errand to, to double down and triple down on this. Um, he the the advertising is necessary. He needs it bad. And to ask where Joe Hogsett was for two nights of riots is absolutely fine. It's the question that the so-called vaunted media of Indianapolis never asked. Shame on Wish TV. Shame on Fox 59. Shame on WTHR. Shame on RTV. Shame on IBJ. You guys didn't do the job. You didn't do the job. Where the hell was the mayor as banks burned and people died is the only question to be asked. And the fact that it doesn't get asked is proof of how important places like WIBC are and how absolutely horrific of a job the so-called news media does. And I don't actually even blame a fair amount of the anchors. Certainly this is on reporters and on news directors who are much more interested in being ideological than they are and actually dealing with news. Tony Katz, what are you working on for tomorrow? Uh, I am uh, watching how they're changing the goalposts once again regarding Joe Biden and his work with Hunter Biden <laughs> because, you know, when you've been caught, uh, make a change. That's Tony Katz, uh, 6 to 9 and then noon to 3, Monday through Friday, right here on 93 WIBC. TK, thanks. Always. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.